0: That's the cool thing about Boston is like one of the birthplaces in the like of the country. So there's it's just rife with this old stuff that you just walk by every day and don't think about.
1: Which is kind of sad. You're like, oh, what's that? Another grave from 1600? Fuck you! <laughs> like it's <laughs> so, such history. Like you just don't. I don't think about I it. I don't
2: think I've ever had that thought about. It. <laughs> like, oh, look at that grave! Fuck you. <laughs>
1: I'm usually drinking in the cemetery at the time, yeah. Also in much? that cemetery
0: is like Ben Frank half of like Ben Franklin's family. Ben Franklin himself is <laughs> you I half, say half, of, half ben ben of Ben Franklin. <laughs> <Half> <laughs> they see them across ben. states.
3: <laughs> Has anybody seen my legs? <laughs> Welcome back everyone to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about The McCarthys. The McCarthys went 15 episodes with only one season on CBS. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Pilot, originally airing October 30th, 2014. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags, with me as always... The boys, most of the boys, Nick, Joe, and Ferg, no gordo this week. What's going on, guys?
1: Hey, Oh, that was slow and offensive. I'm going to change the actual <laughs> quote a little bit here today because I. was was a Dude, are you wicked excited to talk oh, about
3: a Boston oh, show God. for the next uh, couple hours? I will say, they didn't jam Boston
0: down your throat like I thought they, they did were going early. To. It oh, started. Like that.
2: They got it all out of this system in the first yeah. five minutes. They also you like the Celtics kid. Oh, I'd rather stay and finish the game for Fatty. Ah. Oh, I
1: fucking hated this. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't stand this. Every time I paused it to take more notes, I was increasingly angrier at how long left I had in the video. This was. This is. You know, in in the Coneheads movie, one of the greatest films of all time. Where woman walks up speaking a different language, David Spade, and he goes, I'm sorry, all I hear is clicking noises right now. Like that was <laughs> how I felt watching this. Like they were speaking in their bad, fake Boston patois, and all I heard was clicking noises, and I fucking hated every second of it. Far, far-
0: as I could tell, the only person on this show actually from Massachusetts was Joey McIntyre.
1: Yeah, I didn't do the I didn't do like the research. The other brother is too. And the creator. Oh okay. The, creator the Tall Brother is also from there? Okay. Yeah, both twins, the, I forget his name, it's Joey McIntyre and his twin why, brother, he's I a comedian name, yeah. from Boston. But the the creator of this show, he's a guy, he's from Dedham, I think, and he's like a TV guy and he's also gay. So like I think this TV show was like a reflection of what he yeah. maybe dealt with <laughs> growing up or whatever. And we also would have seen him previously because he does play the high school principal on the big show show. So this guy has got oh, two <laughs> giant no. strikes against him. I've blanked that out
2: of my career. mind, so I have not seen him in anything.
3: So I wanna just go over this real quick. So on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter of fifty eight percent, the audience score sixty percent, which is a little higher than I would have expected, and a six point three out of ten on IMDB. And that's with um one point seven thousand rates ratings.
0: Yeah,
1: so. it didn't do awful.
3: It was like, um, you know, I guess reading wise it's slightly below mediocre. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, again, though, this might be a little less nails on a chalkboard for someone who's not from here.
3: That's why I'm kind of, like, excited to do this show, because as most of you listening would know if you're familiar with us and aren't new, we're all from Boston, grew up there, and this show is, you know, centered around Boston and kind of in the way I think of as, like, the caricature of what Boston's thought of. Although all of this exists in real life, it's just a small percentage of Boston that is like this.
0: Well, I, I think it's also interesting, not interesting, but important to note that, w- yes, we grew up in a Boston suburb, but very much different than this show. Somebody who lives in the area of this show would have grown up. like that. That's where, also true. So, I was doing the Googling earlier. We are eight miles from the location that this is supposed to have taken place in. And they, it's just drastically different than how we were brought up.
1: For anybody not from Boston, every single Sam Adams commercial and Dropkick Murphys song you think of, think of Boston having a dividing line through the middle of it. There's a north section and a south section. And all of those really aggravating things that nobody likes, that's the south section. And all the stuff that's good, like where we're from, is the north section. If you ever meet anybody from Boston, they will immediately have an opinion North Shore versus South Shore. The obvious answer, of course, the right shore is the North Shore.
2: Yes. Listen though, South South Boston, which you're talking about, it was like this. It's it's come up a long way since. It's changed a
1: bit, time. but th- this it's pretty gentrified and different now. Yeah.
0: There's still a lot of old families there, though. That's like true. There's, there it's not uncommon to have. Like, the fucking eight siblings still living with their parents in right. South Boston in 2023. Like, it, it is very
1: prominent still. Well, think of a movie like The Town, right? Where that's very South Boston. It's like Charlestown in South Boston. And they're like, hey, we want to go do something interesting. And they go to have lunch in Harvard Square. They're like, let's get the fuck out of here. Then let's go get good pizza in Harvard Square. Wasn't the dad in this show in The Town? I don't know if he's in The Town. You know where weirdly I know him from? He's the... uh the driver in backdraft i've been watching that movie like once a year since 1991 so i know that dude like the back of my hand whenever i see him i'm like oh it's a guy who goes here comes your water in backdraft (laughs) (laughs) uh,
3: and for a little backstory the reason so i picked this show and the reason i picked it was when we did mary uh mary happy whatever which uh you can go back and listen to that episode it was terrible everyone hated it for a
2: terrible show
3: yeah ferg uh apparently watched something different so in that show there was one character who has a very small role who i really liked but he was in and out so quick that you know there wasn't much to him so i i looked up the actor on imdb and i was like oh i wonder what else he's in and that's when i stumbled on the mccarthy's which i didn't even know was a thing and then i'm looking at the cast and i'm like oh wow there's like a lot of really good actors in it and like people i'm familiar with and it's centered around a family in boston i'm like this is going to be great (laughs) so i was like let's we should do this one And uh, I think at the very least, and we'll obviously get into our opinions as we cover this episode. I think at the very least, it will be fun for guys from Boston to cover a show that is representing Boston to the masses in a way that they are used to seeing us on television. So I think that's going to be for people who aren't from Boston, maybe it'll be maybe a good listen to kind of get like real perspective versus the character of what Boston is.
1: Um, while we Sam were talking Adams about the commercial version of Boston, <laughs> yeah, the,
0: uh, we don't have to get into them right now. But did you guys find the two office characters? In oh, yeah,
3: yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. we All were right. gonna we were gonna attack <laughs> those yeah. as we meet them.
1: Yeah, one of these characters' uh, head was decapitated from itself. Its
3: <laughs> capo <Yeah. laughs> <Kappa> was decapitated. <laughs> so uh, I, we might as well get into the episode. So right away with the intro, we get the the that dirty water song. The Standells, but, but yeah, the Standals who are not from Boston, it's one of those most iconic Boston songs that everyone from Boston thinks is from a Boston band, and the song is it's like loosely a they're they're like a California band, and it was.
0: I'll be honest, I thought they were from Boston until right now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> a lot of, they're not even, it's not even, like, that pro-Boston. It's, like, kind of, like, there's a lot of, like, low-grade disses in there, but, um... I mean, the
2: I, I don't of think this people s- think they're a Boston band. I think they just like it because they Nicked say, it oh, until just Boston, now.
0: Boston, you're
1: my <laughs> yeah.
2: home.
0: Yeah, yeah, I didn't think that. Well, I mean, to, to give a
1: little insight to that, though, Dirty Water refers to Charles, how right? disgusting the rivers and bay were in Boston our entire lives until recently, where if you, like, fell off of a boat, they were like, oh, go get a tetanus shot. Yeah, Like, that's how disgusting the water was when we were kids. Like, you can't go into the Charles River, or you will die. I mean, Wrong. they
0: even made the movie what? Uh, Mystic River? Yeah. Which was all about was all the my chemicals daughter and, like, in there, Medford Everett. <laughs>
1: I love that <this laughs> Ferg had a Mystic River quote. Just at the fucking ready. <laughs> You didn't do uh God, what's the the other terrible town? And to be fair, this is a North Shore slam, uh, slam. But the other movie, uh, with the chemical water that had the cancer in it in Woburn, um, it's the name of a it's a female lawyer, Erin Brockovich. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's Erin Brockovich. Maybe I'm saying it the, the wrong I'm of the movie. <laughs> I'm just saying. Either way, the water all over Massachusetts is fucking disgusting. The one with Ben Affleck, reasonably.
2: right? Is that what you're talking about? Which one? Another lawyer. The only the one, one that's coming Applec's? up is yeah, A Civil River. Action. Yeah. A
0: Civil Action, yes. Okay.
2: Ah yeah. jeez, oh, the water's all bad. Ah jeez. Oh, oh I saw so, like Ben Affleck. Yeah, never mind. It's That's um, Travolta. And there's Travolta. also a great
1: that's a great degenerate. I love degenerate gamblers in movies. There's a scene where William H. Macy is just bought a hundred dollars of one dollar scratch tickets and he's like, Oh, we'll make enough money to do it, I swear. Like I can watch <laughs> that for twelve hours on a loop. It's delicious so uh
3: as the song's playing we get like narration from the main character ronnie and he's like you know this is my hometown and and they're just showing like the sports venues and dunkin donuts then you see a picture of jfk like this is our favorite politician no this is and then they show sam adams and it's like fucking tell me uh it's i don't know (laughs) right off the bat it's again it's
2: the I hate I had for you in this opening scene was equal to the hate I have for Joe for most of his picks. Right. But the
3: thing is, I think <laughs> it's like That's a lot it works. If you're not from Boston, I think anyone else who's watching that is like, okay, they're painting a picture of the area. But for us, it's like enough already. But I don't you think the hear, average uh, viewer is going to be annoyed by any of that.
0: You're going to hear a funny um, Sam Adams anecdote. <clears throat> so I, uh, I, my office, when I still had to go to an office uh abutted the granary burial ground which is where sam adams is buried
3: oh yeah it's like right there
0: so i would walk for lunch you know a lot i was in this i mean years i had to go into that office and one day i caught one of the duck tour boats driving by the granary burial ground as i was walking through it and they do like you know it's like over the pa so you can hear them <clears throat> and i'm sure you guys are all familiar with the beantown pub right yeah it's right across the street from the burial ground and they were like, and to the left is the Beantown Pub. This is a unique pub because it is the only place in the world where you can sit down and have a cold glass of Sam Adams and look out the window to see a cold Sam Adams. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you guys. Just keep driving. That is awful. <laughs> that is That's scary. good writing, though. I'll give them the, I'll give them yeah, the props of the i mean it was, the uh, it was good in that aspect. But as a, like Jay said, as a Bostonian who you just hear nothing but Sam Adams everything. I was like, oh, my God. And I will say,
1: even before I had all the gluten allergies and everything, if somebody was like, do you want a beer? I'd be like, sure. They're like, do you want a Sam Adams? We're like, oh, God, no. Mm. Like, almost any other beer I'd be like, sure. Sam Summer.
2: Sam
0: Summer's my least favorite Sam.
3: I'm not a, like, Boston Lager guy isn't really my thing, but they have a few decent ones.
2: They used to have the, I don't know if it's still a thing, the cherry wheat. That one was really good, too. The brick red I liked, too.
3: The, uh, (laughs) Nick, to go back, in my head, I was trying to, like, finish the story before you did, like, where I thought it was going. And I thought they were just going to say, like, and to your right, you're going to see the, you know, Sam Adams. And everyone I, everyone just stares at you. Like, <laughs> 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 and then you just awkwardly wave at everyone. Next <laughs> to, well,
1: to your right is a sad Sam man Adams. on his work break because we all live in a weird historical place and you just walk by this stuff and don't I think know, about yeah. it I know, yeah. I walk ever. through,
0: like, one of the oldest cemeteries in the country every day. You just kind of – I mean, that's the cool thing about Boston is, like, I mean, we take it for granted, but – it's kind of like one of the birthplaces in the like of the country. So there's, it's just rife with this old stuff that you just walk by every day
1: and don't think about. Which is kind of sad. You're like, oh, what's that? Another grave from 1600? Fuck you! <laughs> like it's <laughs> like, such <laughs> history. Like you just don't. I don't think about I it. don't
2: think I've ever had that thought. About <laughs> like, oh, look at that grave! Fuck you. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm usually drinking in the cemetery at the time. Yeah. Also, in much? that cemetery
0: is like Ben Frank half of like Ben Franklin's family. Ben Franklin himself is. you were say, <laughs> half, say half of half Ben Franklin? They see him across ben.
3: states. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody seen my legs? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> to go on to uh, into the intro, <laughs> we see like a an aerial map, like kind of like a Google, no, like the. Street view or the satellite view rather than the map. And it's, and this is where we all live. And he's like, they show the parents' house first. And like, you know, parents live here and my brothers live here and here. And my sister lives here and I live all the way over. And like, you even get like a little pan from the camera, but here. And it's like, they're all on the same street. They're, they're, they're all a two minute walk from one another. Yeah. Which I think is pretty
0: true to form for most families over there. Yeah. And that it, it really is. It's not just there either. I mean, you get that in East Boston. Um, Oh, when I was a kid, I lived in East Boston, and yeah,
3: my entire family was, like, my whole dad's half of the family lived steps from one another. But uh, yeah, as far as, like, the intro as a whole, like, how did you guys feel? Again, I think it was, it's tougher being from here, because it's just the most typical Boston Now, is that the intro every episode?
0: I assume so. Because I didn't know if this was just, like, a a quick introductory to the thing, and then uh, I don't think the they would have screen. licensed the
2: song
3: uh, to uh, for just the one episode, but I mean... I no, I, th-
2: I think he means the speech thing of him saying all Yeah, that like, stuff. Th-
0: of him going through and explaining, like, here's uh, where I live. Is like, is that in every episode?
2: I doubt it. Tough then to know. We'll I don't it. think any of us kept on watching. But. I'm not going back.
1: Yeah, it's not going to happen. I will say, though, uh, it would bother me if it was any other city, too, if they were like, we're from Chicago, and these are the Blackhawks that we watch, and the White Sox that we watch. And, like, they did that every... T- I'd be like, I don't give a shit about... Like, I know who the sports people are, although there's a line coming up here in a minute where I'm like, oh, that's me. And I'm fucking like, that dude yeah. is me for one second. And then uh, it's a very different person afterwards. But I really related for a moment. Bo Sanders vibes happening in this episode. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, from there, we get the exterior shot of a triple decker. Definitely a Boston house. I, the, that was definitely filmed on location like of an actual house in Boston.
1: I will say triple-decker is a regional term, though, so people might not know what that means. So basically oh. a three-family, three-story house where every floor is a different, like, dwelling. It's not like, That's alternate. a regional term? Triple-decker is, yeah.
3: What huh. do, do other people call that? Or do those houses not really exist I, in I other areas? I think they mainly
1: exist here, but I think otherwise they call them, like, a three-family house. Yeah, just
2: a three-family house. Yeah. yeah. What about a um, I've lived in a decker. number
1: of those. Almost every apartment I had... Living right, but like, it wasn't a, a triple for, your
3: house is like a three family house, but it's not that. You know what I mean? When you say triple decker, you know exactly what that looks like,
2: yeah.
1: And I guess when who doesn't know, they call it a triple decker because it's a very it's a uniform structure. It's a giant rectangle and it's got three each apartment deck decks
3: is basically the same dimensions on the inside. all yes, it has
2: three it. decks.
3: Duh.
1: Essentially,
0: the houses are touching each other, too. Your neighbor's house is literally
2: inches from you. Like, they just built one right next to the other.
3: Oh, yeah. Usually usually the entire street is all triple-deckers.
2: Yeah. If your neighbor has a house fire, you are fucked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if if you look happens. at, like, East Boston, like we just mentioned a little while ago, if one of those houses on one of those streets catches on fire, everybody's house catches on fire. It's terrifying. There's, like, no that's like, space.
3: Like, that's, like, an issue nowadays, because when they zone for new stuff, they're like, no, no, no. Like, this is grandfathered in. Like, we would never do this now. This is way too close.
1: Right. Right. There's a good, there's like a backdoor rule you can do where if you leave one wall of the structure up while you knock everything else down, that you can do everything that the original... Oh, it's still technically
3: just renovation? It's not, yeah... Smart.
1: So if you ever go by, because they knock everything down and make it condos now. If you ever see some house that's like in the neighborhoods that's super close to the others and it shouldn't be, and you see there's just like one wall in the back being propped up, that's like a a workaround.
3: So we fade into the opening scene, and we see uh, Dad sitting down with his, well, with three of his grown kids, and they're all watching the Celtics in the living room. And uh, the kids are all like in their 40s, I would say, like just about all of them. Yeah,
0: 30s,
1: 30s. 40s, 30s, 40s, yeah.
3: And then, um. (laughs) <laughs> you hear the Mazda watching, like, you suck, loser, piece of garbage. Uh, I think that was Joey McIntyre's character with a piece of garbage. Um, this
1: is the first time I paused and was like, 20 minutes.
3: Yeah. It's one now of how, those.
1: How old is Joey McIntyre now?
3: Well, that's right. Like. he has to be. If If I was taking a, a rough guess, I'd say he's probably around 45. Yeah.
1: Then if I was yeah also, Joey one... McIntyre from New Kids on the Block, if we haven't mentioned that. New Kids yes. on the Block were. He's 50. Fantastic 50. band.
3: 50. And this was in 2014, so he shaved nine years off. He was about 41 when this, was, when this came out.
1: And we'd assume the other brother, who's supposed to be his twin, would be the same age as well. Roundabouts. So, He's I'm a sure comedian. So. I can't remember. Uh,
3: now, here's my thing. Jimmy and Dunn? it's weird. Jimmy Dunn, when I you know. hear, we all, sans Joe, have a bit of a Boston accent. And mine can definitely shine uh, pretty it really depends. Like when I'm recording here, I think I'm very aware of what I'm saying, so it doesn't come out much. But out when I'm talking with people, especially other people from the area, it definitely comes through a lot more. But when I hear people say it on television, and I know it's like for acting purposes, it's always cringy to me.
2: You know, what but gets if I was me talking to, worse, to you guys, the, the Sam Adams commercials with your cousin from Boston. Yeah, I that one makes the hair on my like neck stand up, like. The, the it's weird because you
3: watch movies like goodwill hunting right and like People the from best, boston the best boston accent in the whole movie is from robin williams and the half the <laughs> cast is from boston <laughs>
1: his like, sounds really, authentic
3: yeah, yeah it's well, i like, guess like, the other
1: guys though all had like voice work to like they did years right. of studies and stuff to not sound it's like i forget what they call the non-regional dialect that you do if you're like going to like school to be like a newscaster
3: but you think when you have to channel it to do it and speak with your accent that you were born with, it should be somewhat natural to just do it again? It's still, like, in there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I will say, though, I don't think I ever had a very bad one, and it certainly dissipated as years went by if I did. And I will say, if I'm, like, drinking with you guys around you for a long time, I definitely start to get a little more Bostony sounding. But I don't think I could do it like an acceptable version of it, people wouldn't think I was making an accent. Like I don't think I could slip into one people would be like, oh well that guy's from Boston. Yeah.
2: I'm pop thinmo when I'm angry. Yeah. That's why you, if you're That's like why you hear it so much on
1: this out. show. I feel like it comes out for anybody angry more because there's a very New England thing about yelling at somebody and using the word motherfucker. <laughs> which when <laughs> motherfucker. you're angry, yeah, the, the 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 ER disappears super quick.
3: It's one of those like I said, when like when I'm recording, I definitely think about what I'm saying and I'm aware of my speech, when you're heated and you're arguing, you're not focused on what you're saying. You know what I mean? You're you're, You're primal. Yeah, you turn (laughs) off that filter. So it's just, you're getting the, you know, your your real tone. Like that, so that accent's going to shine through a lot more. Or more. (laughs) More. uh, One thing
1: I want to bring up real quickly at this moment because we're at the beginning of the show. Did anybody ever see the reality show Southie Rules?
0: No, No, but I feel like you've brought it up before.
1: Yeah, Nick, I feel like you may have watched some at the apartment that we didn't live in together, but you moved in after. Because my wife and I got obsessed with this awful Boston reality show that came out a year before this. And if I ever meet the creator of this show, I would love to ask him, like, hey, did you see this? And then think, like, oh, I could do this as, like, a sitcom because it's very similar. It's, like, a whole family lives in a triple-decker in South Boston, and it's so bad and clearly a fake reality show, but we really enjoyed it. And also had the similar fate of this show where, like, they aired five episodes or whatever and then just burned off the rest of them on a Saturday and were like, we're done now, everything's good. But it's gotta be... I looked up to try to find it once, and you can find like a DVD on eBay of like the first two episodes that they like sent out because this was 2013. Like DVDs were like a viable thing, so they'd like send DVDs to people to watch because you couldn't just send a link yet. So it's out there; you can watch some of it. It was an A and E reality show, and it's fucking awful, but it's very interesting to watch.
2: You ever see the Real Housewives of South Boston? It's like is a that parody. A, thing like on I was YouTube. gonna say, is, is it a parody? No, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: frequent listener Jeff. Hey Jeff. And I used to always have this joke because we'd walk around downtown right near where Nick used to work on our lunch breaks. And we invented a show called Real House Girlfriends of Downtown Crossing because (laughs) nobody's actually married. And it was just like every time you'd see like some drugged out woman slam on somebody's hood and be like, I'm fucking walking here. Like, oh, it's a a real house girlfriend of Downtown Crossing. I sometimes think that we could still make that show and make a lot of money. that Jeff Poop? That is Jeff Poop.
3: (laughs) So, uh, we get the, during this point where the whole family's watching the game, we have the fourth child, Ronnie, who enters, and he's, like, the actual main character of the show, and he's asking everyone how the sports is going, and, um, I guess this is where Joe finds his character relatable.
1: Very much so. I know some stuff about sports, (laughs) I'm not, like, anti-sport or anything, I love baseball, I just, I, I understand, if you're not from Boston, you don't understand how... You're supposed to, like, be expected to love every team from here and know everything about them. And if you don't, like, if you're at a bar and you're like, I don't watch football, I don't know who a patriot is, people, like, lose their fucking minds at you.
3: It is certainly, I mean, there's a lot of cities like that, but, yeah, sports culture is very, very big here.
1: City of champions, kid. But if you're like, well, I like the Red Sox, they're like, well, that's not enough because you don't also like the fucking Celtics and the fucking Bruins. You're like, okay, I'm sorry, I don't, I can't do this. (laughs)
3: You know what's funny? I remember being younger in like when we first started really traveling outside of like family trips. Cause like my family only really went to New Hampshire for family vacations. We didn't really go anywhere. Same. And then once I got a little older and I'm traveling on my own and I'm going to other cities and I'm anywhere like Philly, Chicago, New York, like anywhere, you're seeing that same kind of thing in that same like deep rooted sports culture, but all different teams. It was kind of like one of the really, like standout things that really stuck with me that you would go into a bar and instead of just seeing like the neon sign for the celtics you know it's for you know the bulls and you go like
2: whoa
1: it's
3: like bizarro world you know seeing that
1: i will say the other bizarro thing too though is like especially because like we're from boston obviously and like you go to new york because it's like an easy to get to big city and you're expecting because especially at the time we grew up in around 2004 everything it was like Yankees suck Yankees suck it's like, you go up there, it's like, where are you from? It's like Boston. And you're like waiting for the, like, oh, you like the fucking Red Sox? And they're just like, oh, cool. Like nobody gives a shit. It is such a specific not, Boston thing to be so true. mad at I've York. gotten
2: shit for wearing Red Sox hats in, in New York before. You know what it is
3: though? That seems
1: insane yeah. to me. I've never had Here's an issue being thing. from Boston in New York. It depends.
3: Because there's a lot of that at my work. There's a lot of people I work with that are like native from New York. But when you're out there, and depending on what parts you're in, you are hanging out mostly with people who did not grow up in that area. And that's the thing about New York. New York has so many people who migrated there from other areas that if you're in certain, like, spots or bars that, like, you might be hanging out in, you're not going to be around a lot of locals.
1: It's like you can ask me, like, I'm an Ottawa Senators fan. You're like, that's fine. Yeah, nobody, nobody cares.
3: Uh, to, to keep on with the episode, when he says the sports, you know, he starts to claim that he was just kidding. And they're like, oh, then, you know, if you know so much about sports, who are the Celtics playing right now? And he goes, um, they're playing the Miamis. And they're like, what's the team name? And he goes, I want to say Sound Machine. I kind of thought that was a good name for a team.
1: I wrote that. I paused it and wrote that and waited for them to say it. Like, I knew that joke was coming.
3: And the sister who quizzed them is actually, that was one of the first office pop-ups. What was she? Isabelle? Was that her name on the show? Yeah, is she Pam's sister or f- best Pam's friend, or friend? Pam's cousin. Yeah. Pam's. I thought it was just a friend, but she's the one Pam's who, cousin who hooks up with oh, Dwight. Oh, yeah. I think Dwight. you're right.
0: It's cousin. Yeah. She ends up banging Dwight a couple times. So uh, and there's a,
1: that great office scene where it's actually an outtake, but they kept it in because it's so funny. Where he's hitting on her the Dave and Buster's, and Angela walks up, and he jumps because he's scared and he sees her, <laughs> which is like one of the best office moments ever.
3: And now the mom enters, and it's uh, Lori Metcalf, who you know as Aunt Jackie from Roseanne. Yep. And you know what? I'll say this. Before we even get into more stuff that she did, I thought she did a really good job of... You know, it just shows that she's a good act- actress. Like, I don't see Aunt Jackie the whole time I see her. Yeah.
1: yeah. Laura Metcalf is amazing. And we've talked about her before because she did Roseanne. She's in the Norm show, which we'll talk about. I think we mentioned Horace and Pete recently. She's, like, a real deal insanely good actor. And to this day, in the Connors, she's still, like, the thing that makes that She show carried
0: work. it after Roseanne yeah. left, like, She time. was...
2: She was Sheldon's mom in um, Big Bang Theory as well, another show we covered.
0: You know what I thought uh, could be weird? So the daughter's name – well, first of all, the dad's name is Jack, right?
3: Yeah. I just My whole notes, I just say dad and mom. I never wrote their names out. And then the daughter is Jackie. The daughter is Jackie.
0: Yeah. Um, So I wonder if Laurie Metcalf, like reading the script for this, who probably read 50,000 Roseanne scripts with the title Jackie before her lines – if this was confusing at all.
3: She had to, like, not read. Yeah.
1: I, I assume from that, too, like, when his name is Jack, that's what everybody called JFK. Like, that was his nickname within, like, the family and people who knew right. him. He was Jack. And then his wife was Jackie. So I wondered if that was also, like, a... Someone yeah.
3: polls there, yeah. It's, po- it's definitely possible. So when she enters, she wants the game over in, like, 20 minutes because she wants to watch The Good Wife. It's like uh, there's a little callback to when he says the sports, because I think one of the siblings says just says good wife. So they correct but adding the the um, it was that was an outrage show. It was nothing special.
1: This is a problem here that the show does where you sometimes talk about how you need to try to keep things evergreen. They do a big thing in this show of mentioning things that are happening at the time. Yeah. That yeah. When you watch it 20 years, 10 years later, it's very dated.
3: Yeah, it
0: really doesn't work.
3: So now the phone rings and the mom picks up the phone. And this is when we find out that Fatty McFadden had a heart attack and died. <laughs> and I, I'm going to say this. I don't want to get into spoilers with this yet. So I want you guys to try to refrain. But I do want to note that there's not a huge reaction from Jackie. Okay? There's going to be a reaction later I also later noticed in the episode, that too. But I yes. wanted to note, I don't want to spoil it for people listening. But I want to say she didn't react very heavily compared to anyone else. And I think that's important. Says I a lot think about that's
2: because, without, again, without revealing, I think that's a lie. But I'm not going to watch the rest of the show to find out.
3: Oh, okay. And
2: um, I also got maybe I, maybe I a
1: little will. mad, too, because he's Fatty McFadden. And he's not fat. Well, we, First we of all, he's not fat, which I did right when he's in the coffin when you see him. I'm like, he's not even fat. But also, like, that's not the way those nicknames work. Those nicknames go back all the way to, like, England and Ireland, where, like, if your name was McFadden, they called you Fatty. Right, but it'd be with a D.
3: Yeah, but he might have, like, in fairness, he might have just been fat as a kid and they called him Fatty. And then he just, like, as he got older, lost some weight, they still call him Fatty. Like, it might not be because of his last name being McFadden.
1: It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, if if you were instead of Jay Gags, you were Jay Gages. Like, it doesn't work that way. That's the way the name is pronounced.
3: I think his name is probably a reference to what is, and he did die of a heart attack. So it is possible.
1: Yeah, and that bothers me, too, because they say, oh, my!" even the dad says, like, that fat bastard. And then you see, like, right. a in-shape <laughs> man later, and you're like, yeah. I don't fucking get it.
3: We really only see hands. <laughs> evolve, well, we've
2: all been to, like, funerals where the deceased doesn't look anything like the way you remember them in life. Yeah. So maybe that's just how it is. I this. think
3: I don't think they put a lot of effort because the way it was shot, you didn't see a lot. And we'll get into that scene in a little bit. This is when... They decide, oh, well, you know, we should all run to the church and light a candle for him. And the dad, by the way, Fatty was, the dad is a football, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, a basketball coach. Fatty was his assistant coach. So that's the relationship to the family that we had with Fatty. So they, yeah, they decide that they're going to go light a candle at the church. And the dad's like, hey, you know, wait a minute. You no, know, Fatty would want us to finish the game. And then, like, they'll all kind of do the, you know, for Fatty. The brother, is Sean, Sean's the bigger brother, right? He's like, you know, um, You know, I think Fatty would also want for us to order a couple pizzas, too. And uh, and then the mom's like, uh, he would also want you to get a Caesar salad uh, dressing on the side. And then Ronnie, my man, says, you know, he would also want you to get the eggplant parm. How does this come up?
0: I, I, so how often. does this get brought up on the show? There's been like three weeks of referencing eggplant parm. I how love can I feel like, had like had I'm so debate.
1: into a character when he's like, I don't give a shit about your sports and I don't have this dumb accent. And I'm like, my man. And he's like, I want an eggplant parm. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. Jump into the ocean.
2: <laughs> Let's go, Ronnie. Go jump also, into the dirty
1: child. Did you the guys dirty, mention dirty that
0: this is John Ritter's son? Uh, we didn't, yeah.
2: I didn't mention it. I didn't mention it because I didn't know.
0: I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't Ronnie was is John Ritter's son, yeah. So it's hard to see on the show, but I don't know why, like, what is different. Uh, our version wasn't that great to watch, so maybe that's part of it. Good luck but, finding um, the show, by <laughs> the way. Just Google a picture of him, and it is John Ritter. Like, it's fucking crazy how similar they are.
1: The, yeah, same. I looked up and I was like, oh, you can see it for sure.
2: The other His other son was in Freddy vs. Jason, right? That's the
1: only thing I remember him from, yeah. yeah. We shouldn't talk about Freddy vs. Jason. That was not a moment anybody needs to relive. it's hey, well, the, the end movie. where Jason
2: won. Jason did not win. So no, Jason
1: does not win. The glove comes out at the end and pulls down the mask. That's Jason, that's Jason, goes, Jason to goes to hell. hell. Oh, wait. How does Freddy vs. Jason... I tried to block the movie out of but my With Jason mind, holding
3: like Freddy's severed head. Hey, who
2: cut Jason uh, Freddy's head off? Not Jason, the chick did.
1: Isn't that one where the girl from, uh... Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child uses a hard F-word on fucking Freddy Krueger in that movie, or Jason?
2: Uh, yeah, and then Freddy says something racist, too. So. Oh, All right, Joel. well, let's, let's, yeah.
1: let's, yeah, oh, let's a get right time we're, in American we're, culture.
3: We're, we're, yeah, we'll go back to this show. <laughs> so now Gerard, who's played by Joey McIntyre, uh, goes to call in these pizzas, uh, and, you know, it kind of just the, the the joke to end the scene is he's talking about how, you know, I can't wait. There's, I get six people grieving here. And then someone scores a basket or something in, in the game and everyone starts cheering. Early thoughts. um, First first scene in how are you guys feeling about the show.
0: Not great. Uh, it, it's just like, I don't know. It felt really hollow. You know, it's just like I did, it did. Everything seemed really boilerplate. Like the there was no like meat on whatever they were going for. and uh, not to peel back, but never really got that meat either. But it, I don't know. It just just seemed like they were writing to write, and there's no substance to
1: it. To me, Literally. there's really no meat when you're ordering a fucking eggplant parm. <laughs> mm.
3: So for me, it felt like they were writing to get Boston stuff in there more than they were to advance story. You know, what I mean, that was what was more important. Like we need to like catch the vibe of these characters, and it felt a little overacted at times and stuff like that. Uh, something else I was thinking about, too, is we don't really do this as much now. We used to do it a lot in the earlier episodes where we'd really talk about sets and stuff like that and go over the houses. And I was thinking about that. And with this house, it's like all these houses are so cookie cutter now in a lot of these shows that there's like nothing that stands out. And I thought and that's
2: why we stopped. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing.
3: Well, so like, you think a show like this that's like they're really trying to hammer in a lot of this Boston stuff. You would get a little bit more of that vibe on the interior, but there really wasn't anything. It was your, you know, cut and paste sitcom house.
1: The one thing I don't like is you don't know which floor of the triple decker they're on.
3: Yeah, that's true. I just assume not the first. It seemed because it didn't seem like anyone came from outside. So The
0: layout didn't seem uh, like unrealistic, you know, no. like it wasn't like. Overly big, like you see sometimes, like it'll be an establishing shot of like a little house or apartment, and the inside's massive. It's just, it seemed in like all, it fit
2: the area. And in all fairness, we only saw that living room, it yeah, the true. rest of the house. Oh, People I assume they're on the bottom level because at the end they're playing basketball outside and then they go in the door.
3: Oh, yeah,
1: that's true. Oh, th- good th- point. Th- yeah, so well, having lived ahead. on both the first, second, and third floors of houses like that, I find the middle, the second floor is the sweet spot. First floor, you're way too close to the noise of outside. Uh, third floor takes you way too long to get your mail. Second floor is right in the middle. The real porridge is just right scenario.
2: No, but if you're in the middle, aren't you getting noise from above and below? I think that would suck.
1: No, the beauty, as long as you have neighbors who have more money than you, is if you're in the middle, you get the runoff heat from the bottom and the top. So you can turn your heat down in the wintertime and get sort of the pocket of heat from the rest of them.
2: Yeah, but you're also getting all their farts.
1: That's true, Arise. too. It's, a, it's, a, it's an upside-down side scenario. It's like it's really warm in here. It's February, but it's also very farty.
2: <laughs> so
3: uh, to carry on, the, in the next scene, Ronnie heads to his parents' house uh, the day of the wake. The mother wants him to talk to his father since he's a psychiatrist. And he corrects her and says, I'm a guidance counselor. She thinks that's the same thing. She's telling her husband, you know, talk to Ronnie. This is a big loss for you. This is like when I lost Kira. Uh, mentioning uh Sedgwick from the cancellation of the show The Closer. Closer. Um, I don't know the show, so it was again when you talk about dated references. Like, I don't know if the show is very popular to begin. I think it was a lawyer show. Yeah, the closer. That's it. Yeah, and then you know they they go on about that a little bit again. I, it was kind of a really I don't know. It's a weird show to pull from. I think they were probably promoting their own network shows.
1: Yeah, I tried to look if these if those shows were also on the same network, but they also, seem like, too this random. Is, for Lori to Loughlin not be... is better than this. You know what no. I mean?
3: And then we get Jackie who fuck, walks not Lori Loughlin, in. Lori Metcalf. Yeah,
1: Lori Loughlin's aunt Becky, who should rot in jail for all the things she's done to all those college kids. Hold,
3: all, you're making her sound like she did way different stuff than what she did.
1: She's a bad lady, and she, she messed up the whole system. She got some system.
3: fibs to
2: get her call, kids She in did what it take, took to get her kid into school because she's a loving parent. That's it. Listen,
3: we're, we'll, I think, cover a show where we can talk about her in the future, so I think we should hold off on that conversation.
2: Real soon. That's going to be a terrible week now. I'm sorry to cut you off, but he, we have Joe's hatred for, for Joey Gladstone, and now we have his hatred for her. Well,
1: no, yeah. I love Aunt Becky. I don't like 2020s onwards. Lori we Loplin. will talk
3: about this in the future. For now, we will talk about this episode here. So we get Jackie who's walking in in a small glittery black dress. Ooh. And she seems like excited, I think, because she wants to be seen by kids. This is going to be like a public event, right? Everyone from the area is going to be at this. So she just wants to be seen looking hot. Um, and again, it's one of those, knowing later on in the episode, which we'll get to, kind of weird. That she's, like, excited to go to this wake and look Yes,
1: fine. I also wish, as, like, a society, we just, like, eliminated wakes. Agreed. They are I very uncomfortable. As we get older, and we thing. go to more of them, and they get closer and closer to home, it's not for the people. It's like, why are we doing this? Why are we putting everybody through such torture? Wakes um, are a bad experience. There's no, there's never a good wake, you know? It's
3: a, it's a weird conversation, right? Um... It's it's tricky, so I'll say that in I definitely in my life experiences have seen situations where it's important to some people. You know, to some it is. Um, I think maybe our generation where it's 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 just a hard situation to be in, right? It, it, it's uncomfortable for everyone involved, the family, people visiting. It's but um, there are a lot of people, and I've seen it that these final moments that closure is needed for people. So um, it yeah, is. Look, what it I
1: appreciate is. that. I'm not trying to knock on anybody's oh, Everyone's right. a different process for that. Think about I, I it this see. way. Uh, so we've all
0: gone to the wakes and funerals of people close to us who have died. Right now. Imagine there was one of those that didn't have it. Wouldn't it feel weird? I agree. I don't like going to them, but having not not having the ability to go to one of them as much as you don't like going to them. I think would feel weird.
3: I know. It's a weird, I don't want to drag the conversation on too long because it's definitely not fun.
1: Yeah, it's not a fun I conversation. Can, I apologize. I can tell you,
3: I rem- th- there was a relative in my family who requested when they were on their outs to not have one. The children honored that. Other family members took that not so great. Like So I've seen that happen because they needed their closure and weren't It's alive. not
1: about the person at that point. Yeah, it's right, about yeah. the family.
3: But, um, yeah, but, and I I want to kind of transition, but still talk about it in this way. I think having a wake is such a dark thing in general. I don't think that's a good thing to inject in your pilot episode of a sitcom.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you to go can, to the office again, which we've gone to a few times, I love the idea that they get married in their graves so that their weddings are a bummer, but their funerals are yeah. upbeat. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. can Let's have make the funerals humor. better.
3: You can make. You can have fun moments and do these things. It's it's certainly not the first show to have a wake or funeral in the sitcom, but for a first episode, I just didn't think this was the way to go. It's just not the right tone to get you to like like the characters. It's not fun enough of a situation, you know. I just didn't think that was how to start off.
1: Also if you go to like so like an Irish wake is like a very known thing right a very Boston thing. So if you think of like a movie that does it or a TV show that does it, like blown away, right The movie that takes place in Boston from the early 90s, there's a scene where they go to Lloyd Bridge's uh, funeral and it's just a bunch of people watching baseball eating food and drinking. And you're like, that wake seems to be, like, more of a good time and more of a sitcom wake than this does, right? This is more of the, like, sad family wake. So if you're going to do one on a sitcom, maybe you make it more of, like, you lean into, like, the joke of, like, oh, they're watching. Somebody's got the headset on with the earplug and listen to the Red Sox game. Like, make this funny. Don't make this dark. That's weird, man. Right.
3: It just didn't seem, I I don't know. This is not how you introduce people to a bunch of characters.
2: Or at
1: at least have Fatty die in a comical way. they can talk about it. Thank you. That's a great point I never thought of. But it's like, what happened? Be like, oh, he's a big fat guy. He died of a heart attack. Anyway, let's go to his sad funeral. It's not like he was chasing an ice cream truck and he ran into it. You'd be like, oh, fatty. Like He's holding a cone instead of a basketball. You can make jokes at that point. So um (laughs) A fat guy running into
0: an ice cream truck as it stops.
1: Better writing, right?
0: I'd watch yeah, that episode. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so um, back at the parents' uh, house still, the two brothers both headed next, and they're wearing matching suits. And the big one, Sean, says that they look like they're twins again. Gerard says that they've never looked like twins, and he points to a <laughs> baby picture, and then you see the close-up shot of it. Those are Joey McIntyre's actual kids, who I think are like a year and change apart.
1: Oh, really? That's yeah. a good little gag.
3: Yeah. And Ronnie notes that Sean's suit is a little tight. Sean insists that that was intentional because girls like it when a guy squeezes into something a little tight. Uh, and then you get the, that's not a suit, it's a sausage casing.
1: Was that like a hard sex joke right there?
3: I don't, I think they were just saying it's that tight. Like, I don't think that But like was a girls
1: sex like joke. it when a guy squeezes into something tight?
3: I think it's because it, the thought is, you, uh, g- uh, that would be the flip So usually definitely like oh, a guy likes play. when a girl wears something tight So he's p- mixing it and thinking that it works both ways
1: That said though I will also say that this did ring ring true a little bit I don't know if you guys feel the same way As we get older and older And you we aren't people who have to wear suits a lot That like when the situation comes up Where it's like hey go put your suit on And you're like oh I am a sausage casing right now The last time I wore this <laughs> I was definitely smaller <laughs> Than I am right now The last As week I-, I had to go to I had to change to the sweater and button up uh, outfit because oh. the suit coat was not gonna work
3: i always have to i have so many pants in like different sizes dress pants and i'm like okay where am i on this roller coaster of weight that I'm, that i've been on my whole life and uh so i always have to go through that and i, I kind of ditched the coat a long time ago i'm a big shirt and tie guy i'm fine with that but the coat's just hot and you take it off as soon as you can so i just stopped even trying to wear it in. last
0: wedding i went to i went no tie just went I like it. It's
2: kind of Jacket. the hip thing to do now. I love ties though. No, I, you gotta walk in with a tie and then take it off as soon as possible. I One like time. the look a tie of a tie.
0: I don't like the feel of a tie. I don't like being strangled for yeah. five hours.
2: Wear a nice <laughs> clip-on.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, you can't wear a clip-on. No, you can't do that. The last wedding Why? I went to, I got you the skinniest tie I've ever gotten in my entire life. And halfway through the wedding, I was like, Am I even wearing a tie at this point? This is like a. It was like it looks like my fucking. Uh, was it a ball? Headphone wire coming down. It wasn't. Yeah. It was like a cloth tie, but it was real skinny. All right, well, in my
2: head now, you wore a bolo tie.
1: <laughs> I mean, I would. You know what I love? The string ties, like an Undertaker wears in the Old West. We're just kind of two kind of like big bows oh, and yeah, two yeah. lines. I was gonna.
2: Say, I, I just went to the Undertaker in my head, and he had a giant tie, so I was really confused
1: <laughs> for a second. <laughs> the rest of the Undertaker had a much bigger tie than Very most thick people. Very tie. Yeah.
2: Gigantic.
3: So um, the twins start going back and forth with their dad because they both want Fatty's job. They want to be the next assistant coach. Sean's like, you know, I just want to remind you I'm a two-time Boston Globe All-Star. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say that, like, if there's a, that was a Boston reference I actually didn't mind, and I thought it was, like, that felt like something that would be important to someone who was a two-time Boston Globe All-Star. Like, the for the character, you know, if he was in that, like, I could see that being something that he still hangs his hat on as, like, an yeah, achievement.
1: Sh- yeah, I just feel like it feels, like, added on to keep saying proper names. You know what I mean?
3: Sure. I, I, this one didn't flag me as much as the other ones, for whatever reason. Also, I was more of a Herald guy.
1: Well, the Herald was newspaper, uh, magazine style, which is easier to read than yeah. the train. 100%.
3: And then also he mentions that he's not a screamer like Gerard with uh, the JV team and then we get a little cutaway scene to a kid missing a shot and Gerard saying like, this is why you play JV.
2: That was my uh, first laugh of that. These episode. worked. I
1: feel like all these flashbacks worked very well. Yeah, the show. I like
2: these.
3: He wasn't actually screaming though. He said he screams at the kid and then you just kind of get him like very dully telling him that. So I, I thought that was a little weird, but We go back to Ronnie, who says that this is all very King Lear. Dad says, you know, (laughs) the King Lear joke got you.
1: (laughs) I don't know if Ferg feels the same way as I do, but the immediate first thing I think of is Krusty the Clown going, how do you make a King Lear put the queen in a bikini? And he goes, oh, no one's laughing at that. (laughs) Like, it's the first thing I thought of.
3: (laughs) So the dad says that he would like to pass the Dynasty on. Mom then says that uh, pass it to Jackie. She's dressed like she's on Dynasty. I actually like that joke.
1: I did appreciate the Dynasty reference.
3: And Ronnie says he's not going to be entering the running because he just got offered a job as a new head guidance counselor at a private school in Providence, which shocks and disgusts the entire family.
1: Is there that big of a Rhode Island bias? I mean, like, I've been back and forth to Rhode Island I my entire Rhode life. And no, one no was ever I like, like Rhode
3: Island. And I like but Rhode Island a lot. The problem is, you have to remember, the top of the episode, the whole family lives on the
2: same street. Yeah, it's not Rhode Island, it's that he's leaving.
3: Yeah, I think if he was even saying that he was moving to the North End, they'd be like, what? So sure, but I, the I, idea of being an hour away is like a travesty. Less than
1: that. an hour, though, from South Boston to yeah, like, like, 40 Providence. Minutes. It's probably yeah, 45 yeah. minutes. Like, it's not that far. Like, I moved from Boston an hour and a half away, and that feels way more of a drive than from Boston to Providence.
3: It is more of a drive. Ha- having driven to your house and driven to Providence a, a number of times, I can say it's by far <laughs> a quicker ride to go to Providence. But Ronnie talks about how it's going to be good for him, and he cites a few different reasons, and then he-, he closes with the one that it has a vibrant gay community. And this is when we find out that Ronnie's gay. And I will say, having been to Providence a number of times, it does have a vibrant gay community. Yeah. Half the bars there are gay bars in like downtown providence like like half of them legitimately
1: yeah like they picked a place that works for that like it's not like you're throwing something against something that doesn't do that like don't oh yeah like a yeah. big gay community in providence yeah that makes sense
3: i remember so to let some of you know we end up in providence annually right around ferg's birthday i remember years ago like when we were when we were a little younger and had some energy when we would actually look to go to bars every night which we don't really do anymore It really shows you how old we are I remember walking through downtown, and it was like, every bar was either a gay bar or a bar that let way too many minors in that you wouldn't want to go into.
2: It was like a fight bar. Yeah, it's also a big college town.
1: It's also one of those places, too, where, like, we've all experienced this, and whether or not you like MMA, and I do like MMA, but, like, hey, it's a bar, and there's a UFC fight on tonight, and we let in a bunch of 20-year-olds. You're like, run the fuck away from that bar. It is going to be a nightmare in there in two minutes. I love the MMA. Yeah. <laughs> the Conor, the McGregor. He's Irish, right? I like He's that.
3: Uh, yes, he is Irish. I like that after that had come up, <laughs> the mom's like, Ronnie, you're still gay?
2: <laughs> that got me, too. Laurie Metcalf
1: is, like, the gem of this show. Yeah. She's so good, and this portrayal of, like, the mom who doesn't want to accept it is done so well.
3: It was just like that. Well, you don't talk about it. So I don't know. I thought maybe you, you know, it was like a passing thing and you get the cutaway to when he came out to them and like there was such a lack of reaction when he came out as gay. It was like, oh, who wants a highball? It was like, it's 10 a.m. And the father's like, hey,
1: we didn't judge you, did we? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I got a good, genuine laugh out of the father's line there. That was pretty good.
2: And then... Uh, I was going to say, I very much enjoy how accepting the family is of him and his lifestyle.
3: I like that when they cut back, he starts talking about how it would be a lot easier for him to date without the family around. And we get to another flashback of, like, past experiences when he's on a date. And I can't remember the actor's name. This guy was... John big, Barinholtz. He's in uh, Superstore. He was in American Auto. We covered both of those shows, if you want to go back and listen.
1: Super funny dude.
3: And there's, like, a really... I don't know. It's a little corny at first, because you get the... the he looks over, and he's like, "Those people are watching me." And you have the three siblings all just chanting Ronnie's name and staring at him. And it was, I don't know, it was a little too, um,
2: dumb, little too fake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't mind that. It was the next part with the parents. I didn't mind the parents. Well.
3: I thought the parents was better. The parents were like hiding behind like menus, like looking at him, like right over. And I thought that, I thought that was less corny than the the you know siblings rooting him on. I just thought and...
2: the, the siblings ruling, uh rooting him on though was like you know they just rooting for their their old... Yeah, no, I know. It's just the the
3: way it looked. It was just too... It looked like it was, like, from a play more than it would be from, like, a sitcom.
1: What I didn't like about the siblings was that they were obvious. Like, you would have seen them anyway sitting there, because you always scan around a room you're in. You're gonna see people you know, but the parents at least were hiding, so he wouldn't have noticed them.
2: Maybe? Because this is his flashback. That's how he takes it and he remembers it in his brain.
1: Don't give this show that kind of credit. It's an
2: interesting perspective, but yeah, I think Joe's right. I don't think it has I like that depth. the
3: the mother was nervous about the date he was on because Henry was a murderer's name.
1: <laughs> well, Henry is the portrait of a serial killer.
3: <laughs> and uh, the next scene we have the actual wig. And this is when we see Fatty in the casket holding a basketball. Mom, Jackie, and Ronnie are all at the casket. Mom says, you know, he was too young. Jackie crying loudly, it's not, and mom's like, all right, tone it down, Annette Benning." and then Jackie immediately turns it off, and again, we'll get into it, but you're like, she's fake being upset in the wake to get attention, like, all these times that, when the reveal happens, we'll talk about it, it's just, none of this adds up, and I don't know if that's bad writing or what, and Ferg, I, I already, you alluded to it, I kind of know what you're gonna get at with that theory, but, um. Maybe maybe that would aid to it, but we'd have to watch future episodes.
1: I also want to say too, I know the basketball here is used as a gag a few like later in the scene. But I don't know if you've ever been to if any of you guys have been to like a wake or funeral where they prop the person with something. It is un it's it's crazy emotionally draining because you see a person that you cared yeah. about who is now <laughs> it's dead. Unnatural for this scenario. holding something unnatural that they liked in their mm-hmm. lives. I went to one a couple years ago that like it broke me because of that. And I immediately, like, turned to Kelsey was, like, fucking cremated. That's it. Like, I don't want anybody to make this decision for me. But the fact that nobody is looking at him being, like, actually sad in this room, I found kind of odd, you know?
3: Yeah. Well, that's why I think it's just not good subject matter for a first episode. Um, no. Don't you know need to know the characters well
1: before you do a fucking wake scene.
3: But that is a thing, like, now... I don't want to talk too much about wakes. he's really not fun. But I... I... I don't know. I think sometimes when they have little mementos with them, like, I kind of like that a little bit, like a little, like, here, like, we're still thinking about you, but it's when you have to position the the person in the casket different to accommodate, like, I can see how that's a little strange.
1: The only time it never bothers me is when you see pictures from, like, the 60s where it's, like a hell's angel and they just put like a bunch of bottles of whiskey and there's like underwear on them and stuff. And well, you're like, oh, I'm at a party here. This is different.
3: I'll say this. Uh, so much wake talk, but it's because of the episode, Joe, I assume you've also watched it. Have you ever watched the, the GG Allen, like, Oh funeral, sure. Yeah. And like, that was interesting. Were they the legitimately
1: thing? told the coroner, do not wash the body.
3: Yeah. And there's legit shit all over him, And but he's so covered he was, in oh, shit and whiskey. Like, yeah. They're pouring like whiskey into his mouth and stuff like that. It's it's a different situation. <laughs> it was, it's on YouTube, last I remember. I don't know if they pulled it. They
1: R.I.P. It. Jeej.
3: So then we cut away and we see the dad talking to the coach from the rival school. And that is your second office guy. That's Ed Truck. Um, I don't know what his name was in this show. He's just a rival coach. Um, and he was a coach on White Shadow. So a basketball coach. So he's reprising his job
1: title there. He's Coach Cowell on this. And this is his last credit. So is my only died? assumption is yeah. they finished at this episode, and then he was drunk as a skunk, was driving his car, <laughs> and then drove it under an 18-wheeler, and his head was decapitated.
2: Oh, if it happened earlier, he could have been fatty.
1: Do you think if they had Ed Truck in the wake know he'd be holding his head because it was <laughs> oh. taken off his body? <laughs>
0: All right,
3: well, moving right along.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Would it have been glued to his hands? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: so the coach tells uh, the father... You know, it's a shame Fatty didn't live long enough to see you coach a team to the state title. Then again, that would be impossible for him to live forever. And then All the dad's coming. like, ooh, fast and offensive, unlike your team.
2: What a lame retort. I, mean, I
3: don't think his his like reply was great, but I thought the joke was okay. And we find out about Daryl Silver, who's a student that's going to be moving into town. He's like an All-American player. And both of these coaches are hoping that the mother's going to enroll him in their respective schools and the father is quick to say you know today's about grieving not recruiting and then you cut to him like a minute later kneeling at the casket and his phone rings and it's you know the mother of uh mrs silver or whatever despite what he told the other coach it's very much about recruiting
1: i mean again they're trying to make this scene funny and we don't know the characters enough yet to make funny at the wake jokes
3: yeah it's just it it, it, (laughs) It's just for this to be the meat of the episode again, and I don't want to keep harping on it. I just don't think it was the way
1: to go. I was like, we don't know this guy enough yet to yeah. know that he wouldn't like at least put his phone on silent for the funeral. Like, you turn your phone off, man. Anybody does. It doesn't matter if you're waiting for news or whatever. People know in your life that you're going to be at this event, and it's not a like social call time, you know?
3: Yeah, I would. I just would have liked to have met all the characters a little bit more extensively before we put them in this type of scenario. You do get the quick, there's a little quick cutaway where a girl walks by Sean and compliments him on his suit. And he kind of has that like, see, with the whole way of the tight suit thing. (laughs) Then you see in the seats, Ronnie goes and tries to sit next to his mother. And she's like, oh, look who's here. I thought you'd be at a more happening wake in
1: Providence. Again, she's good in this. She's doing her best to make this work.
3: Well, yeah. in In the conversation, we find out that it's basically a matter of she's upset because, like, Ronnie's her best friend ronnie's like well that's the problem like you're my best friend too and like i'm 29 years old and i should have more going on than watching the good wife with my mother like she's like you know we can dvr it you can go out and well you know watch it whenever you want <laughs> he's like you would never She's like i can't i know i can't i have to watch it live
1: again the just tentpoles of current um pop culture definitely hurt this little
3: yeah they do a lot of it and it was like I, again, we didn't look up the shows that are mentioned, but I really feel like this was a giant commercial for other shows that they. Because had. they could
2: have also just made up show names, like given like. Well, the, just uh, to give you a thing, because I looked it up earlier and never said it. The closer show they were talking about was on USA. So
1: I was gonna make fun of it and say that nobody watched any of those shows on USA, but I recall Nick very much liking- Nick English, loves USA dramas.
0: USA no, dramas, I don't. Yeah. I really enjoyed one show.
3: Nick and and, I like uh, Monk. What? You we, love month like Monk. you love burn notice.
2: Burn notice was
0: uh, it I fell off. I did watch was some burn it.
1: notice because of Bruce Campbell. To be honest, I, I was, was going to say it. Bruce Campbell. I don't know Campbell
2: why in... USA shows get such a stigma. What else do they have? A lot did of them Psych? are good.
3: Did you watch Psych?
2: I did not. I never watched. Psych, no. no, it actually.
3: I mean, reminds they me... never
1: did better than Silk Stockings and La Femme Nikita. That was the pinnacle of <laughs> USA. Do you remember
3: shows? there was like a it was like an SNL sketch and it was like uh it was a game show about burn notice and like it was basically like. All right, uh, the number one cable show in America, Burn Notice. Tell me one thing about Burn Notice. <laughs> like, none <laughs> of the contestants that. could yeah. say a certain, like a single thing about the show.
1: And they're like still making Burn Notice movies and stuff, right? I don't, I don't, I don't think know. So I, 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 that was a, that was at a, an
0: unemployed time in my life where I had a lot of free time, so I just binged USA TV, and it was an easy watch. And Bruce Campbell, I fucking love Bruce Campbell. Oh, it's not like um, Bruce Campbell. But I yeah, know, I mean, Bruce. go. if I were to go back and watch that show, I probably wouldn't enjoy it as much.
3: So at this point, we cut back to the dad who's finishing up his phone call while he's still kneeling at the casket. And you hear him say, like, oh, that's great news. And then he whispers over to Fatty, like, we did it, buddy. Um, so we find out that apparently this kid is going to be going to his school. And the priest is about to start a prayer for everyone who's sitting there. But the dad cuts him off because he wants to announce to everybody there that Daryl Silver will now be playing for him this year. He wishes Fatty could be here for this, but he's coaching in heaven right now. And those dead kids are lucky to have him.
0: <laughs> that's, the, that's the line I thought Joe was going to open with.
1: <laughs> I thought about it. I just kept thinking of that scene in Beetlejuice where the football team is like, coach, I don't think we made it. There's like a bunch yeah. of dead football players. I don't think we
2: survived that crash. Yeah. How'd you guess? I'm feeling like- a little flat.
3: Definitely tough to get away with a good dead kids joke in a show, but, um, I, I mean, I did find it funny.
1: Well, just drink another Sam Adams and you'll, find, you'll think yeah. it's way more funny.
3: So, uh, now it's time for him to announce his new assistant. And he says, you know, it's going to be his son, Ronnie. And I felt like this, I, I will say, that we find out the reasoning why later. I did think it was predictable that he was going to go with Ronnie for some reason.
2: It was wicked predictable Agreed. because they show the other sons, like, eager, Yeah, I'm excited yeah, for it. yeah.
3: And he just goes like, oh, no, thank you. I do
1: appreciate him saying no, thank you. He's so polite about it.
3: And then the dad wanted to like symbolically hand him the basketball that Fatty's holding in his casket. But then someone runs up and whispers to him that it's glued to his hands. So he can't.
0: (laughs) I did. I thought this was funny.
3: So uh, from there, we get the whole family driving back together in a car post wig And everyone's really surprised about this decision. And the father is saying that, you know, he really thinks Ronnie's going to be good at this. And on top of that, he'd like to spend some time with the son that he knows the least. And Ronnie's a little touched by this. And like, you're like, oh, wow, (laughs) The, the nice little moment there, which at that point, you know, he's even now kind of considering it. Like he said, you know, give me a night to at least think it over. So maybe he was flattered enough that he's a little more open to this.
1: Right. Yeah. It's an easy quick scene to move the plot along. I'll give him this. And also like putting everybody in the car is always fun.
3: Uh, especially a family that big.
1: <laughs> and like yeah, somebody I, in the family who is that big. Like the older yeah. brother is like bigger than all of them, right? So you right. get like the little kid thing where they're crowded in the car.
2: I feel like they should have played it off that the mother was insulted that her guilt trip didn't work, but the dad's did. Kind of joke oh, alluding I can to see that.
1: that. It's kind and of then, funny for being such a mama's boy that, yeah, hers doesn't work, but his does.
3: Well, maybe because he has such an established relationship with his mom and now he's like, oh, you know, this is my chance to
1: have a relationship with To make with something father, happen, yeah.
3: When he does agree that he'll sleep on it and think about it a little bit, we get the cut to 41 minutes later, and you see Ronnie's parents at the door of his apartment, and the father wants to know if he's decided yet. And he's like, I thought you said, uh, you know, you'd let me sleep on it. He's like, that's just something you say, like, you know, have a nice trip. And then I was like, why wouldn't you want someone to have a nice trip? What, am I supposed to have a parade because someone's going to Florida? Like, I I did... There are moments in the show that I like. I thought that was kind of funny.
2: Yeah, that that was a good one. And the other part with Joey McIntyre, when they do the callback joke, um, how he says he's a teacher. And then he's screaming at the kid. This is why why you're in remedial math.
3: This is why you're in remedial
1: math. The flashbacks work very well.
3: And Ronnie's like, you know, I'm really flattered by the offer. But, you know, just because I'm moving to Providence doesn't mean that we can't spend more time together. And the father's, you know, kind of pleading with them to do this. And, you know, his mother says, you know, don't do it because your dad is manipulating. Do it because I'm sick. <laughs> and, it's like, with what? They don't know yet. They just know that I'm sick.
1: When she doubles down and yells they don't know yet, I another good, genuine laugh here.
3: This was, I don't know. I felt like, not that it's realistic, not like I think, like, all oh, your moms would say that. But, like, that level of desperation to keep your kid around. I remember when I first moved out of the house and, like, my mom was... Really taken back when I announced, like, oh, I'm leaving. You know, so I I, I kind of, like, related in that moment. Like, remembered how... It's similar
2: Jimmy here, yeah. Yeah, but you were young. This guy's, like, I assume well, 40s.
3: I was, like, 23. He's 29. No, he says he's 29.
2: Oh. And
3: Joey they all McIntyre technically moved out. Well, Joey McIntyre is 50 now. He was 41 when this came out. And he's the we don't know what, like, storyline he was supposed to be. But, yeah. The character of Ronnie has already said that he's 29 years old.
2: Okay, I missed that.
3: So, um, Ronnie's like, you know, I just want to live my life. And the dad's like, okay, listen, the real reason I want you to coach is because Daryl Silver's mom is a les. And Ronnie goes, be in. He's like, fine. She's being a les. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is good, good writing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You this is me. this is a good and joke with a good was, setup and a good That delivery. might be the best
3: line of, of the episode. He's like, she wants her son to play for a tolerant and gay-friendly school. So, you know, I mentioned that my gay son was going to be the new assistant coach. So, you know, he's using that for leverage. And then funny, the son's it's, like, it's
2: funny that they're in Southie because Southie is not tolerant.
3: <laughs> well, again, we don't know about today, and I want to. I know, growing up, probably not so much
1: historically,
3: but we went from one of the best lines of the episode to one of the worst when he goes ronnie says to his father let me put this in a way you'll understand foul and he's like does like the timeout thing with the
1: timeout symbol yeah this was <laughs> like, bad oh.
3: like mm. come on you just had a good line keep it up
0: i didn't hate that line it just showed how out of touch he was with sports
1: yeah i, I didn't I, I just thought it was too corny right there but i think the problem with that joke though is that if you it only works if you know that the symbol is wrong so if you're on his side, but you don't know anything about sports, then like that joke falls flat. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Everybody knows that that's timeout, though.
1: Sure, but there are going to be some people who don't know. He says fouls. So we might be like, some, uh, you might confuse people too, and be like, "Oh, that's the foul symbol, right?" Like you might lose people in the moment of being so quick.
2: Can you put
3: a T up for a technical foul?
2: That's a technical foul. <laughs> technical foul, corn rose. <laughs> <Where's
1: the laughs> fo- little- this is foul <laughs> in <laughs>
0: basketball, right?
3: The fisting sign.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's you a foul. As, as long as you know, it depends on the situation.
2: <laughs> the fisting sign.
1: That's what that looked like. <laughs> Nick was starting like a like a liberation movement and realized he made the logo wrong. Now and was like shit. I gotta go. I gotta cancel that order of patches right I just back. made.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: so. Uh... In the next scene, Ronnie runs to into his parents' house after they called him because they said that there was an emergency. And when he gets in the living room, we find out that they're throwing him a surprise party. They made him a gay bar. <laughs> <laughs> One of them said, enjoy Boston's men who love men. And we kind of get like, first Gerard introduces him to the singer from church. And he's like, did you know he was gay? He's like, I had a feeling. <laughs> he was very flamboyant gay.
1: That dude and, is great. He's in... Uh... This HBO show I told you guys about, somewhere, some, someplace, somewhere. He's like one of the main characters in it that, like, the second season's going on now. That is a, a big recommend.
3: They asked him if, like, are you allowed to be gay in the church? It's like, oh, um, you know, I'm not practicing. They said that it's okay if you have the thoughts as long as you don't act on them. They're <laughs> like, well, how's that going? He's like, it's a struggle. And he starts giggling.
1: <laughs> it's a struggle was very funny. I, mean, is this look, guy, I, mean, I
0: I quickly browsed his IMDB. Would I know him from anything? Because I feel not like really. I do.
1: He pops up in some TV stuff, but the only thing he's like really starred, starred in is that show that's on like its second season. Yeah.
3: This, to me, is a character that, Ferg, you usually love characters like this.
2: Like, what?
3: Like, the I, the, I don't know, giggly, flamboyantly gay characters <laughs> in shows a lot. <laughs> I do? <laughs> I'm not there saying the a one, word here. I'll let you guys dig think,
1: your own holes out I think, of this there's one. There's yeah. the
3: one in um, the character in Rutherford Falls you really like. I know you like Lloyd from Entourage.
2: I do love Lloyd. I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah. But
3: um,
1: this yeah, is a ways. weird thing, though, that like where f- Boston has a history of sexual abuse by clergy members. And then just like immediately throw a character in who's like, I'm gay, but I'm trying not to be at church. And you're like, that <sighs> seems like it's a weird thing to jump into the show. Yeah. But oh, hey, really gay conversion like therapy can work people, for Mike huh? Pence. It can work for anybody. Right.
0: Uh, Something I, I meant to bring up. Earlier, but forgot to juxtapose the lifestyle of the people portrayed in the show against us. Um, Game six of a Celtics playoff game is happening right now, and we are recording a podcast. (laughs) Um, There's few people in that part of town who would be doing this instead right now. We're also winning by like almost twenty
1: points, so oh good. Let's keep it. We care about the fans. Yeah, that'll
3: that'll change. So now the mom uh, is next, and she introduces them to. Ken, who's a nurse, at her doctor's office. Not gay. Um, I think mom just assumed because he was a nurse that he was gay.
0: I like how he seemed to know she thought he was gay and yeah. still showed up anyways. Yeah. He still came. Yeah, he yeah. still oh, showed up to the party.
1: I still got a party. going on.
3: And uh, the next one is Sean, who's like, uh, lesbian. He's like, <laughs> he just points at her and says lesbian. <laughs> These are
2: the gays like,
1: I
3: know. Yeah, this is the best I can do. He's like, I work at basketball camps. These like, are the gays I meet. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That <laughs> was very funny. Yeah. Because he's being sweet, he's not being right. They're so all better, they're all yeah. trying,
3: yeah. It's it's like this stuff is fine because they're coming from a place of like non malice ignorance. You know, it's like when when you're legit just don't get it and it comes off goofy like that, I think that's when these jokes work. Because they're not doing yeah. it in a mean spirited way. They are they they have like, you know, a, a Really it's true, here, like, yeah, it's, it's done for all the right reasons. So now the dad has a tray of cocktails, and he's like, look, he's like, we got Mantini's, a uh, banana Daiquiri, and a Manhattan. He's like, we didn't even have to change the name of that <laughs> didn't one. We have to change the name of that one. <laughs> I love
1: daiquiris, pri- but I will forever now call Banana Daiquiri's banana Daiquiri's. Like, that's going to be seared in forever. <laughs> this is a good pun. The-
3: Not a big, like, ah. Uh, I don't drink, like, martinis and daiquiris and stuff, so I'd, I'd probably have to I get
0: them, the I fucking love Manhattan. a good
3: martini. I'm not a big Manhattan drinker either, but I would out of those. I definitely wouldn't works. have
2: the banana one because I don't like bananas. At all? At all.
0: Really? It's easily my favorite fruit flavor in anything.
2: You don't really? remember? You don't remember when we tried to do the Sprite Banana Challenge and I threw up from the banana alone with <laughs> the Sprite? Wait, hold on.
1: <laughs> Clue me in here. What is the right, Sprite so Banana Challenge?
0: There is... I forget what... It's what was thin. the intended outcome of that? Because I forget what the point of it was. It's
2: supposedly, if you eat a banana and drink a two liter of Sprite, no, it's just a twenty mixes, ounce. Or oh, twenty ounce of Sprite, something mixes in your stomach and it makes you throw oh, up. Oh yeah, and it makes you like projectile vomit. And so, cool like for game, like, a, guys. it was like a f- like a
0: like this weird viral thing that was happening. So we tried it, and Ferg threw up before he even drank the Sprite because he couldn't how get much through I the hate banana. bananas. <laughs> but dedication to the
1: viral uh, movement he was going to try it <laughs> yeah i appreciate you putting your you know your you're out in the line there
3: i don't <laughs> mind. like i like bananas but i would your favorite so like when you say it's like your favorite flavored thing for fruits fa- it, like in the fake banana sense like no or, like, like so first of all banana.
0: i love regular bananas like i destr- like i eat way too many bananas probably um but like yeah i guess the fake banana flavoring is good but like for like a vape like the vape like anything with banana in it in the vape is really good see
3: that stuff's so overpowering to me that's that's my thing like and also you.
0: um my i for like the past 10 years i have not had a birthday cake because i do not like cake i'm not a big cake person i am a banana cream birthday pie i i will I tell like you banana cream pie i fucking hey, love banana cream pie
3: listen and much like how you get cream pie for your birthday every year <laughs> <laughs> for my birthday it typically. Yeah. Uh <laughs> honestly, like I my mom gets me a, a, a lemon meringue pie for I love my good birthday. Lemon meringue I'm, I'm a big because I, I prefer like a, a pie over a cake. I'm not I don't have a super sweet tooth. So I'm eating yeah. a cake.
2: I, I I mean sorry, if I'm eating a pie, I, I like pecan pies. That's my That's super, pie. super sweet. That's like the opposite. It's about the that's sweetest pie it, yeah. you could get, yeah. 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 I'm a sweet guy, what can I say? <laughs>
3: I mean, you you even I mean, we've gone over this. I mean, you even use cake as a alcohol chaser. So I mean, like your your sweet tolerance is very different.
1: With al- also vomiting uh, repercussions from that too, yeah. right? No, uh, for Fark, usually, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I throw up a lot.
3: <laughs> yeah. The next person to walk up to him is Jackie, who says um, that she wants to tell him a secret, and he asks, "Did you get another DUI?" She's like, no, and I'm pretty sure I can't get one for another nine months. So we find out that Jackie's pregnant. And when he asks who the father is, she says, I can't really say, but we recently attended his wake. So now, as I've brought this up throughout the episode, this girl is pregnant with this guy's baby. Finds out he dies, doesn't react, goes to the wake, wants to look hot. Like, there's all these things all along yeah. the way. And never, it's like, it's oh my god, thing, I'm about yeah. to, like, have a child with this guy. I, first off, I had relations with this man. Now I'm going to raise a child alone. None of these reactions ever, like, hit her at any point in time.
2: I didn't no. think about it, but I think Ferg's right. I think there's going to be a weird pivot. There could so be in- a point. If the pivot is either that she's not really pregnant and she did this to make him stay. Or he's not really pregnant. Or dead. he's not really the dad. And someone was at the funeral that wasn't dad, which is why she wanted to look hot.
1: Oh, I was going to say, he's not really dead.
2: No, he's definitely really dead. dead. <laughs> we, we saw he found he out dead. she was pregnant and then I'm faked sorry, I, I just, I don't believe that she banged the old fat guy.
1: He's not old. The actor who plays him is like a younger guy. we, it's don't, hard well, to we tell.
2: don't even see his face. They could have had we a
1: mannequin playing the old guy he's either. supposed to
2: be. He's a guy in
1: a casket. That's true, but I did look up the actor, and he's not that old.
2: I assumed that he was the age of the dad, since he was assistant coach and they were friends
1: forever. So did I. I also assumed he was 500 pounds because they kept calling him fatty and he died of a heart attack. And they were like, that fat bastard. And like, none of that worked. They could have had a joke of like, not showing the coffin and been like, I can the biggest coffin I've ever seen. Like, you could have gone in different ways to be like, he was a big fella. And they don't do any of that.
3: In this conversation, too, she tells him that nobody else knows. And she's not going to tell anyone because this is kind of his night. And then Gerard walks up and like, hey, what are you guys gabbing about? And she goes, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and then the mom's like, well, who's the father? And that's when she tells her and everyone in the room that it's fatty. And that's the church singer guy. It's like, he's really excited. He's like, "Oh, is this one of those murder mystery things?
1: <laughs> he's <laughs> perfect <laughs> casting. He's yeah. great in the last, uh, like third of this episode, just popping in and saying a few funny things.
3: That was a, that was a really good, that really worked out. I thought that was really funny. And Jackie tells everyone how it was just a one-time thing. And it was after the Hyde park game. And then Sean's like, that was a really good game. I would have slept with Fatty after that game. <laughs> it's like I thought that was. Fun. Typically, I didn't like Sean's character. I thought it was too forced, Boston. But that line I thought was, was a
1: little good. overly goofy, too.
2: Yeah, I feel like the parents. I know there's nothing they could have done about it, but I feel like they should have been madder that they're this adult like the head coach is fucking their daughter.
1: The family <laughs> that, well, friend that's why, that the nothing you can do.
3: I kind of think that. Fatty's younger than you guys might think, but in general, the reactions to this are not right. In general, there's there's not enough shock. There's not enough like, oh like he I I would talk to that man every day for X amount of years. Like there was none of that. It was like, what, Fatty? That's weird. When it, like
1: oh it, that it's, guy who just died that we've had yeah. no emotions about being right. dead. I'm gonna
2: I'm ago? gonna finish the show. I'm gonna take one for the team. <laughs> Good luck, well, I finally. will say,
1: when I looked up the IMDb, the guy who plays Fatty plays Fatty in two different episodes. So it's either a... So he's not dead! Back in time, or <laughs> Fatty's alive, boys! Fatty <laughs> is alive! <laughs>
3: So I will say this for those listening because I think you can buy the episodes. You can on buy things. it
2: because I checked. I checked on the firestick. Apple TV available.
1: seems to be the available spot for it. Also came of. out on DVD. It's probably cheaper to buy the DVD than it is to buy the yeah. episode.
0: Yeah, I think it's like a cents. buck an episode. So I don't know about that, but.
3: And if you're going a different route, I believe if you go on Daily Motion, it doesn't play regionally. But if you have a VPN and switch your country, then you can watch it. And at this point now, Jackie's worried. You know now she's getting emotional thinking about how she's going to be alone and Ronnie's like you're not going to be alone right mom it's like no she is and then <laughs> it's like come on and they look at her, he's like well he's dead <laughs> like um
1: <laughs> valid argument <laughs> yeah Lori <laughs> Metcalf really makes this whole show
3: yeah, yeah. And, and Ronnie's trying to assure her, like you know we're all going to be here we're, we're your family you know we're going to help you out with this and the dad has like a quick toast for you know to the baby's health you know this is going to be our first grandchild and you know and let's also hope that it can go to its left. I assume it's a basketball joke.
1: yeah i didn't I didn't get yeah. that. I was honestly just like is that is that a sports joke?
3: Also like he, I still would have thought he was processing that his daughter was pregnant by his assistant coach, but yeah <laughs> who but just died. Yeah. so um <laughs> now um in in the next scene we have the family is all out back you know like we said three of the kids are playing basketball it's the the twins and jackie are, are playing basketball and you get that oh yeah playing for two now i think she got a shot like I, whatever in that scene the dad is apologizing to ronnie for you know kind of using him for the gay thing to get the kid into um to the school in this conversation ronnie mentions that he's now a little torn about leaving and the family all kind of gathers around because they're like you know, they were so sure that he was, you know, all but gone. He's like, you know, on one hand there was you know, there's good opportunities out there, but you know, here there's gonna be a baby now and you guys did throw me that gay bar party, so like, you know, you guys showing how much you care. He decides to take a shot to decide what he should do.
1: There's a line like, here though, they give him the ball and they say don't give him the ball, he'll kill himself. Like, what does that mean?
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's like he's so bad at sports or unaware that like just holding himself. the ball yeah, it's not a great joke, but it's uh, I think that's what the reference is, is.
1: I mean, if it landed for two of you, then it that is enough for me to understand that's what it meant. That it just it's a bad like, joke like, for sure. Like for
2: example, for example, whenever we play a sport, Nick gets hurt. So- whenever we do anything, I get hurt. It's not really just <laughs> specific to sporting events.
3: Sporting, skipping, anything, you know. <laughs> singing. <laughs>
1: All the skipping going on right here lately.
3: So, uh so Ronnie gets the basketball and says, "All right, if if." I make the shot. I'm going to Providence and takes the shot and nails it. And it's like, well, that took a turn. And it's, everyone kind of gets somber. It's like, you know, congratulations on the job, buddy. Like, you know, we're going to miss you. And he's like, wait, wait, I swear. Like I wasn't trying to make it. He's like, I don't want to go to Providence. And he says how, you know, I'm going to miss you all too much. He's like, I was trying to do this. And then he takes a one handed shot and <gasps> gets it again. It's like, Oh my God. <laughs> uh,
1: I do like this though because he's like maybe I should be the basketball coach. Like yeah. it does at least give the yeah he knows enough about basketball.
3: And that's when the dad's like, "Of course you should coach, because you know this way I could spend every day with the best kid I know, Daryl Silver." And then he'd be, just, <laughs> just, just yeah. kidding you and you know.
2: I wish there wasn't the just kidding, and that was yeah. his, his character. It works I better, like better the, just like, to be that yeah. kind of like TV dad like that. Well,
0: I, yeah, I think they. I don't know. They liked. They wanted the family to be close, right? And I think that jokes like that would kind of put a wedge that they didn't want. It sounds like it. the father
3: doesn't care about him enough. Right, so yeah, which is not bit.
0: the case with them. And I actually like,
3: think that Just Kidding avoided the that joke where he says Daryl Silver was super obvious. Yeah. So actually by continuing it, it makes it not the obvious
1: joke. Right. But isn't also the like worst writing and lamest thing ever to say something and then go, Just Kidding. Like, that's, to me, like, cheapens everything.
2: Yeah. He might as well have been like, what? Not! (laughs) A not!
1: It's like, LOL.
3: I'm sorry, not to pivot too much, but all I can think of, Joe, you should appreciate that, when they were teaching Borat how to say not.
1: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) uh, A not joke. (laughs) And
3: then you get the brothers who are like, you're gonna let Ronnie coach because he hit a couple garbage shots? It's really? It's like I saw a dog on YouTube hit those shots.
2: I mean, in all fairness, I've seen Air Bud hit those shots plenty yeah. of times. <laughs>
1: True. If I know yeah. anyone, he about pivoted Air Bud. to football. He's yeah. really Air impressive. Can play dog. Every sport. <laughs> he's a golden receiver.
3: And then, and that's when um, you know, the mom proclaims that Ronnie is the best choice. That he's better than all of them because he's the closer. And there's a whole, you know. You're no, you know, Kyra Sedgwick, though. And it's like, of course not. Like, nobody is. And I don't know, like, the show, but I also don't know the actress, Kyra Sedgwick, enough. Kira but, like, Sedgwick. Kira, Kira yeah. yeah. That's how Kira well Sedgwick. I know her. <laughs> is is uh, uh, So I think that's, like, not the best pull for something like this, especially for, like, one of the final lines of the show.
1: Is she I related think... to Edie Sedgwick? I should have looked that up.
0: I think that the those, I mean, those show inputs were kind of, like, to highlight that the son is gay and watching them with his mother. It was right. like really the only thing that they were there for. And they could they have couldn't... picked
3: more popular shows, though. Yeah. I
0: think that's one of those shows that probably was pretty popular. We just didn't watch it.
3: I'll ask my mom. Oh, I know yeah. who
0: she is. She'd be a good baseline, honestly. Yeah.
3: And from there, we get to like the final scene, like that credit scene. And you just get a montage of each kid leaving the house at night, you know, each with like... Um, like a you know tinfoil wrap plate you know, and it's a it's like different cutscenes. They all have they're not happening at the same time. So it's each kid leaving, and each time the mother's walking the kid to the door, saying like, "All right, bye." Like you're my favorite, and she does it with all three sons. And then when it's Jackie's turn to go through fourth, she's like, "Bye, I'm gonna need that plate back." <laughs> <And then laughs> I knew it was coming,
2: but I still yeah. thought it was funny. I didn't
1: I like know it, what yeah. the button would be. You knew what it yeah. was. You knew they were gonna do something, yeah. but. Yeah, I just didn't know which kid it was gonna happen to. Right. I yeah.
2: was I was thinking Joey McIntyre, but it didn't <laughs> it ended up being the daughter.
3: Yeah, and that was that was fine. Um that was the conclusion of the episode and I don't have like a lot of tidbits. There wasn't like a lot of stuff on the episode looking it up. Um again, it was one of those at least they dialed down the Boston stuff after that first scene a little bit. You'd think it'd be like fun to see references to your hometown and stuff and see stuff but like I don't know when it gets done in such a way that I feel isn't authentic it, it hurts it for me but I don't I don't think that it's unappealing to outside viewers that don't live it so it's like it's really tough to know that line and I kind of wish we had one person on the show that was like from a different totally different part of the country right. who could have gave us a different perspective
2: so you know what we can invite our fans to, t- to uh, yeah if, if you would like
3: to take an opportunity to you know go ahead and watch The McCarthy's hit us up again, go to S one E one pod.com. You can find all our links and S one E one pod on Twitter and Instagram. You know, we like talking to you guys. So just DM us on those and tell us what you thought of the show after you watched it. It's findable. So go find it. And then we're sorry that you watched it, but still.
1: And don't look up the show titled The McCarthy's with a blonde lady who says that vaccines will give your kids autism. That's Jenny McCarthy. That's a different show. Don't (laughs) watch that one.
2: It's funny you said
1: that because when I was searching for this, the Jenny
2: McCarthy show kept coming up. (laughs) Like, Like, Oh, that show was terrible.
1: That show was terrible. I will say that Jenny McCarthy had a great story arc on the Drew Carey show where she was a police officer who was a sort of like abusive girlfriend. She was very good in that.
0: I vaguely remember that. that.
1: We
3: do have to cover that show soon. Mm-hmm. We keep talking about it. We got to. I it.
1: keep pushing it off because it's heartbreaking that I. That's one of those shows that, like, when I start we watching it, I do it. not want to stop watching it, and it's impossible to find it.
2: The DVD's got to be out there, though.
1: They never did every season. I feel like if the DVDs really?
2: were out there, it would be available more yeah, online. You'd be
1: able to rip it some somewhere, right? You'd pull it from the internet somewhere, but
2: I could find it.
3: I'll, I'll I'll hook you up
1: <laughs> if you could find the whole of the Drew Carey show. I'm sure I can. Boy, howdy! So it'll um, not be good quality if it's that hard to find. Well, time will tell. I but, mean, it but, still uh, plays on TV. It plays on not to yeah. be a Comet or one of those channels, you know, that you get sort of like Channel 742 yeah. or whatever. It plays after Night Court. Yeah. To
3: wrap it up, I don't. I. Do any of you guys have anything else you want to say about the show? <laughs> so there's not much. Uh,
0: there's not much background on this show, really.
2: Yeah,
3: there's not a lot there. It's pretty simple in
2: nature. Um, You think Michael Malley's on an episode in the future? I feel like you can't have a Boston show without Michael Malley.
1: Do you know what would have made this an immediate green light? Michael goddamn Malley. (laughs) Or more a quirk. Mo! Imagine if this episode, instead of holding the basketball, he's holding a piece of the aggro (laughs) crag. I would love this so much. (laughs) Daddy always
2: wanted a piece of the crag. <laughs> he got that glowing piece of that radical rock.
1: He was killed when Omek from the Hidden Temple <laughs> fell on him. Let's rock. The choice is yours and pop yours pop alone.
0: <laughs> oh, boy.
3: So, yeah. All right. So, let's wrap
0: You're
1: it up. You're degrading tonight. Yeah.
3: We'll get into our green ladder cancel. Uh, I'm just going to go around. So, uh, Nick, I'm going to start with you.
0: Listen, watching this show, I was not um, over the moon about it. It's cheesy. It's, I don't want to say poorly written because there is a story there. It's just not well executed. I don't know. Listen, when we started this podcast tonight, I was going to cancel it. And as we talked about it, I realized I did enjoy it a little more than I thought I did. And I think ultimately I'm going to green light it. I just, there's a, there's, it's a soft green light. I'll give you that. I love Laurie Metcalf the supporting cast is kind of great like I there's there's not enough wrong with them they're all good actors but and I'm trying to separate the Boston thing we're too close to that you know what I mean like we have the ability to uh nitpick that more than the rest of the country can right like to the rest of the country that's just it they caricatures right and maybe that's what makes it a little funnier um but to us, it's annoying because that's just a stereotype we, we're not like we see too often. And so I'm trying to ignore that. Um, if I really got into that, I think it would definitely be a cancel. But if I'm ignoring that, I'm, there's just not enough there for me to say, no, I'm completely done with it. Like I, w- I I think I would give this one more chance at least. It's not enough to cancel. It's close. Don't get me wrong. But it's not enough to cancel. I'm actually gonna green light this.
2: Ferg. Sure. Shows like this are a good argument why writers don't deserve more money in this strike that they're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here goes Ferg's Union busting. I can <laughs> yeah. cancel this very hard. I hated this show. Um I like Joey McIntyre in it. I loved Aunt Jackie, I forget her real name right now. But um yeah. Larry Metcalf. It's, it's just it, it has a really good cast and it still manages to suck that bad. That's bad writing. As for the, the Boston thing, I think that's a cop-out because the Boston thing just allowed us to get the joke. So if you're somewhere else and you hear those jokes, you're not even going to understand what they're talking about. Yeah, I, I didn't like anything about this show. I will say, I, I said it before we, we even started, Um, the show starts off terrible. It gets a little better in the second half. I am interested with the pregnancy thing to see who the father is, but the show's just bad. So like I said before, cancel.
1: Joe, the boston thing is hard right but i will say this cheers a very boston show not every five seconds are they doing the accent and even if you go to a more recent show that i imagine we'll cover at some point uh kevin can fuck himself which is a specific to worcester show which is like a very very specific regional reference the accents and all the stuff they're doing it doesn't hit you the way it does here and not being from boston I don't even think it's a being too close if it was a sitcom and it was like about Los Angeles and they were like, traffic was really bad today. Let's go get some yogurt and go hiking. I'd be like, oh, what I hate are you this doing team. here? Yeah, like, that's the worst, right? Like, don't want any of that. I don't know. And you do it any state, right? Oh, hey, Tex, let's go to a rodeo. I'm like, oh, it's the Houston show. Like, don't lean on tropes about where you're from and accents as the whole basis for a show because it will never work. I can't green like this. This is bad. There's some great people. Laurie Metcalf fucking rules. I'm not going to shit on a shining light of Boston history, the new kids in the block. I love the guy from Backdraft. And I'm going to watch the rest of this show, but purely out of weird feeling like hatred. I need to finish it, but I can't pass it. This was some good people, but this is a, this is a bad move.
3: Yeah, so um, I'm going with the majority and I'm going to cancel it as well. It's again, I, I you know you guys touched on it. The cast is really good. You know, they have a lot of right people in there. So I think writing and the director probably all are kind of to blame here. I, again, I've, I said this earlier in the episode. I really don't think awake is the way to introduce characters. Um, so not the best subject matter for episode one. There is like a morbid curiosity to see more, but not because I enjoyed the show. You know, just because we we tackled it, and I'm a little curious now with Ferg's theory, like maybe that's the what they do. So I kind of want to see maybe if that's what happens. But ultimately, I just think there's too much work that's needed to make this a more enjoyable program. The thing is, I feel like it could have been achieved. I feel like the framework was there. It was just poor execution. I think you could have got these same people in the room and created this show similarly and in just some some tweaks would have really uh helped it and and i guess what's interesting is you know we had saw that there was an unaired pilot so what changed from the unaired pilot to this pilot that was the step in the right direction
1: i would love to see that pilot
3: yeah like I, i'm really curious how different it was and if it if it was maybe better and they just didn't realize it but um yeah but ultimately for me it's it's gonna be a cancel as well so we don't know gordo's grade yet so You guys can keep uh, tabs with our Instagram, S1E1Pod. Uh, There'll eventually be a graphic later in the week, and that will show you his vote. But regardless of that, it is a cancel either way because we already have three out of four. So sorry to the McCarthy's. Uh, You do not live on to see episode two with us, much like CBS decided that one season was more than enough for you guys. Just want to remind everyone again go to S1E1Pod.com. That's where you find all the links to our social medias. I said this earlier. Hit us up, uh, comment, let us know the shows you want us to cover. We really like talking to you guys. And we've gotten some great show picks from you. So, you know, keep it up. Uh, The interaction's a lot of fun for us. So, you know, I I can't stress it enough. Also, rate, review, all that stuff really helps with our analytics, helps more people find out about us. So, do that as well if you have the time. We really appreciate it. But yeah, that's all the time we have for this week, guys. Catch us again next week. We'll have another new show for you. Thank you. Goodbye.
1: I think we got the best those lucky dead kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that.